G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How you doing today buddy? Not too bad. A bit bit tired. A bit oh, flat. Mate, just this weekend of fantasy was just... Exhausting. Exhausting. It yeah. was exhausting and it really just saps you of all your energy. It's uh, mm. I just felt like I was in a bit of a fantasy quagmire this weekend. Nothing went right and no. it's just, it's really sad sometimes. It's, it's, it's but we love it. encapsulated within like one weekend was just draining and nothing working. We, we still love our fantasy footy though and we want to make sure that we get better every single week and it's just getting to that point of the year now where all the rookies are starting to really hit their break-even, so they're ready to be cashed in on, but there's just too many of them at the one time. All of them need to be moved on. I know. It's horrifying. So We'll try and prioritize a few. We'll see what we can do for you today on the podcast. But what we want to do right now is dive straight into last week's games, and of course, Friday night's game, Geelong versus GWS. Jeez, it was a bit of a massacre at the end of things. I I was expecting this to be quite a good game, and it was very one-sided. GWS have a lot of guys out, to be fair. I mean, they're missing, Mm. obviously, Lobb and Kelly and uh, Scully, Green. Uh, There's a few other names. Cameron. Cameron. Oh, yeah, of course, Jeremy Cameron. Those are big names. This is true. Yeah. Even so, so, I was expecting more of a contest. Yeah, you'd hope for a little bit better than this. But on the fantasy side of things for Geelong, I mean, they had a lot of guys step up. And it's the main main suspects, you'd say. Like Joel Selwood, 120. Mitch Duncan, Paddy Dangerfield, all terrific games. Weird to see Reese Stanley's name thrown into that mix, though. 107 points. The coaching brilliance of uh, (laughs) of Chris Scott dropping him for... uh, Name Zach Zach Smith. Smith. And then laid out, <laughs> laid out. Reece Stanley comes in and dominates with twenty-eight disposals, and, five tackles and in their six what? marks. Who won? Geelong. There we go. Tactical masterstroke. Look at that. Look at that. It happens again. Um, at, but I can't really emphasize enough how bad a choice it would be to have Reece Stanley in your team. Any Geelong ruckman. It's so dodgy. I just have there no idea what way they're going to line up. At all. Exactly. Security. Um, Tom Stewart, you've been uh, spruiking him for I like pretty Tom much all Stewart. year. Yeah, I mean, he's not a, uh, a salary cap guy, but no. for your draft leagues, if he's unowned in your league, go out and get him because he's a great depth player to have. He's mm, Absolutely. He's, I mean, if he can go... I've on. sort of come around a little bit because I wasn't expecting him to be the uh, rebounding guy, but he seems to be doing that job. He's averaging over 75 for the year. I think it'll be up to around about 77 or so now. So, I mean, that's good if he's a depth player in your defensive line. He's owned by 85% of ultimate footy teams. That's 15% that he's still available in, though. Mm, so go out and get him. high. Absolutely. Uh, Jack Henry, that's a, a flash in the pan. I mean, yeah. he's, he's a key defender and... He was playing on essentially no one because Johnny Patton was in the ruck. So, yeah. realistically, you know, you've, they're going to score pretty highly some yeah, games. GWS didn't really have a forward structure. Exactly. To speak of. Uh, what is the break-even for Tim Kelly? Question without uh, notice there, mate. Because Tim Kelly must be getting pretty close to his break-even. Break-even of 56. Oh, so, so he's, he's still got a couple of weeks. still good for a couple of weeks, yeah. I reckon. Well, 92 last week, and he's he's doing pretty well. You still play him on your field each yeah. and every week. Yeah, he. I think he's worked through that few weeks where he wasn't quite sure of his role mm. and he wasn't quite getting enough of the ball to really pull out those scores. So yeah. I think he's probably safe for another fortnight. Yeah. Uh, Sam Minigola is the really big one there that I want to talk about quickly. He's, I mean, this is a dominating game from the Cats and Sam Minigola has gone out and plugged what? What is it? 65 there? 65, yeah. But I think you look at, he got 65, but then you go to the, the other main mids yeah like you said 120 to, to gelwood 115 to duncan 109 to danger um wherever tim kelly's was 92 um there's not enough ball to go around all of them yes and it was men that missed out this week yeah exactly you are you yeah every once in a while there'll be a down game there but i still think that men is going to be the one of your top six forwards at the end of the year i mean he's proved that what, with I all of us doubting him at the start of the will, year. But he will have a little bit more inconsistency than we would really like. But I don't know that there's too many better options that are going to be more consistent. So mm-hmm. you have to take that. Yeah, I like it. Uh, and now I want to move on to GWS quickly. But while you've got your uh, tablet out there, mate, can mm-hmm. you bring up the stats for uh, Asaba Ratagolia? What's his break even at the moment? Because um, old Big Sav must be getting pretty close at the moment. I can He's check, but averaging um, about fifty-seven points because <laughs> I mate, actually traded him out last week. I'm so loving it's not some of these. To find. I'm loving some of these late notice questions. Actually, uh, well, I'll move on to the Giants just quickly because 
there was, I mean, there was some average games from them. There was no real standouts, and that's kind of evident in the fact that they only scored 32 points. Dylan Scheel, he's a great draft league guy. I mean, he's averaging over 97 this year, uh, 110 this week, pretty solid efforts. Um, what, what else have we got? I mean, Nick Haynes, 99, he's bobbed up a couple of times this year. Haynes is quite a good option, actually. Yeah. Um, well, he's averaging higher than uh, Tom Stewart, who we were just um, really uh, spruiking a, a couple of minutes ago there. So he's averaging 79 on the year, Nick Haynes. Uh, the thing is, they are beefed up by those couple of big scores, this one and that 120 or so, I think, because he, he has had some really down ones as he well. He does, yeah. I had him a couple of years ago in keepers, and he was generally pretty solid for about a 70 each round. He's mm-hmm. lost that consistency, but his ceiling seems to have pushed up a little bit, yes. particularly with those other rebounders having moved on or injured at the moment. Got to so. take the good with the bad sometimes with some of these players. Uh, Lockie Whitfield is slowly becoming more consistent. You're happy with a 94 from him. But, you know, what, what can you do? <laughs> you, you're so... I finally found right earlier. Oh, there we go. David. And what is it? It's 33. Oh, He's oh, averaging so he 57. Some... So he's probably not your highest priority. Mm-hmm. You, you would have higher priorities to move on at this yeah. stage. Um, but he's getting pretty close to it. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't have anything else to do this week, it might be an idea to move him on before some of your other cash cows... Um, yeah, exactly. And don't worry too much about the slightly lower scores from Tim Taranto and Stephen Canelio there. That's, you know, the Giants had a terrible game. Well, so. I think a lot of that might be structure-based, particularly with Canelio. He was playing as the full forward lead-up target because they literally had no one else. Mm. And he's that just that much of a hard worker he was at least contesting. So... He didn't really play midfield and didn't get a lot of the ball. Yeah, it was uh, just a little bit of a weird game there. Johnny Patton, 62, playing full-time rock at the moment while Lobb is injured. I kind of thought that he would do better than this for draft leagues because I I think a lot of people thought that he would be the second ruckman and he would score very well as a result of that. But he's only going at an average of 65 for the year. So, Yeah, he's not... I think he's just not in form this year. Yeah, I mean, he has been forced into a role that's really not his. So yeah, Hopefully when uh, Lobb comes back, he can push forward. And um, I'm not sure how long Jeremy Cameron's out for. So it was a toe injury, I think. So that might take a couple of weeks to sort out. But yeah. hopefully when they actually get their structure together again, he can turn that form around. Yeah, agreed. Um, uh, anyone else there that you want to talk about just quickly, mate? Uh, we've got... Uh, Finlayson. Finlayson, yeah, that was the other big In one. In keeping with the rookie theme for mm-hmm. this week's podcast. Yeah. Um, where are you, Finlayson? So he is currently 414,000, break-even of 60. He's yep. averaging 69.3. Mm-hmm. Plays West Coast this week. Ah, uh, okay. He would have to be up there on the list of guys to move on, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, um, you could probably hold off this week and hope that he resets it against West Coast. Mm-hmm. 60 is achievable. Yeah. Um, but he would be up there for consideration. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a tough one, isn't it? Uh, because the I've seen a lot of uh, thoughts floating around online with people saying that because the, uh, the defensive stocks that we have at the moment are so volatile, like mm. you just don't know what even some of your premiums are going to do, aside from lead and... I mean, I was going to say Kate Simpson, but even, even Kate Simpson's having a bit, uh, bit of an up and down season. Pretty much Laird and Seedsman are the only two consistent ones that spring to mind. So realistically, some of these guys like Dode, Finlayson, you know, they're up and down. And Murray, although he's much more consistent, yeah. they're up and down, but they're doing pretty much the same thing that some of our premiums are. So you, yeah, those are the ones guess, that you could probably hold until right at the end. Yeah, so he's probably at the point... Break even wise, while you might consider moving him on, but mm-hmm. within the context of your team and what else you've got to do, yeah, you might wait a little bit longer. Yeah, um, I guess the issue though is those other the premiums that you mentioned that are up and down in in score. You're not worried about their price as much, mm-hmm. whereas as a rookie, you are going to want to move him on at some point, so you do care what he's earning. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to look at him through different lenses. Agreed. Um, so anyone else there from GWS you want to talk about just quickly before we move on to the next I game? I don't think so. No, Nick I... Shipley scored six points. Yeah. I don't remember him being injured. And no, he wasn't. He was just... He played pretty deep in the forward line for some of the game, and the ball was never there, and... It's it's not the kind of game that a second a two gamer is going to thrive tackle in. One and a handball. That's yeah. very unfortunate. You <laughs> think his spot's probably in danger. It's this severely week. in danger. So if you have Nick Shipley, you know, I'd I'd be very worried. 
moving on to the next game, Bullies and Gold Coast. This was actually a really close game. It was really, really enjoyable good. I actually to enjoyed watch. This one. Yeah, it was absolutely the, fantastic. I mean, the talent wasn't necessarily great at times, no, but no. it was close. But the fantasy game, oh, the fantasy mm. game was on. There were some big scores in this, and biggest of all was Jack McRae, 151. of the moment. He is dominating. So we do have some questions about him later we on. We do. We'll move on from there because we'll answer some of those in the second part of the but podcast. But just very quickly, $826,000 and breaking of 99, averaging 126. Paying top dollar for him. But surely, surely, because they let him run. They let him run absolutely free in this game. Surely, teams will start paying attention to him because he won them this game. Basically, he won it off his own back. It is very interesting, isn't it? Yeah. He plays Brisbane next week. Did Brisbane tag? No, they didn't. No, they don't. Not, not really. Not really. I mean, Mitch Robinson does a little bit of a job sometimes, but yeah, he also but likes... he gets angry and punches people. Exactly. So. <laughs> he hasn't done that for a while, mate. Leave Mitch Robinson alone. Three weeks isn't a while. <laughs> and he, d- he does also tend to just go for the ball. So he, yeah. I think he just forgets his, about his role sometimes and just dives in hard <laughs> at the ball. So you can get away from him a little bit. Uh, Toby McLean, 143. We've talked about mm. him for weeks. Um he is a solid guy. I've just, at the moment, brought him into my team. Nice. Uh, and, you know... This it, was a good score because he copped a big hit early on as well. So, mm-hmm. he worked through that quite well. Yeah. I wish um, I'd brought him in earlier because he was so cheap at the start of the season. Yeah. yeah. 131 to Hunter, 102 to Dalhouse, mm-hmm. 99 to Dunkley. I think you've got to take all of those scores with a little bit of a grain of salt because Gold Coast have been giving up a lot of scores this year. They have. Um, but with Bontad, all of these guys stepped up in the midfield. Mm. Um, and Bonty's no certainty to come back this week. Yeah, agreed. Um, he's been managing a hip injury for the f- last few weeks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've got, um, oh, I suppose we'll get into Bailey Watch, Bailey Watch just quickly because Bailey Williams is slipping ahead of Bailey Dale. He there. is leading the pack at the moment, yeah, I reckon. He absolutely is. So Bailey Williams, Bailey Dale, I, I think that you've got to say that Bailey Williams is well ahead. <laughs> it's, he is, it's, he is. I, I say with a massive smile. Oh, I hate it. Uh, the big one for me was obviously Tim English. It's a big one for everyone. Yeah. I mean, he's been rubbish these past couple of weeks. He's. I, I honestly think that he's been played out of his position. He has been played up forward a lot. But then again, when I see him in the ruck and when I see him running, mm-hmm. he just isn't running the same patterns. He isn't running with the same... Energy that he was at I the start if of the he season. Might be getting a bit tired. I honestly think he is. You got to he keep in mind break. he's a second year player coming up against as a big as a ruckman. Yeah, and he's a he's a key uh, position player. He's a ruckman. So yeah. generally, they take until they're 23, 24 before they build the bodies and the stamina to be able to play a full game of AFL footy. So mm. I was kind of expecting this at some stage in the year. Uh, Tim English, you have to offload him. You just have to because he's losing you money now. Absolutely, there's no yeah. question. It's time to move him on. His break even is quite high actually yep. as well so we've, we've got some questions about him as well so we'll answer oh, those we'll in the second part uh for gold coast uh, before we do yep. another rookie alert ooh, um ooh. aaron norton for mm-hmm. anyone that still has him like me uh, uh, like you i was about to say because i think a lot of people would have moved him on already surprisingly he's owned by 24 percent of teams still. Ooh. break even of 39 averages 56 um, three hundred sixty-two thousand at the moment. He can probably wait another week or two. Yeah, it's probably higher priority. Ma- maybe another week. I would he's say he's a slow burn, so he's not going to reach that break even really, really quickly. Exactly. Uh, so for Gold Coast, Jared Witts, great score from him. Mm. Man Mountain playing against Destroyed Tim English, English and Tom Boyd. So Destroyed I mean, them. we may go back to what we were saying last year with any team who is playing against uh, uh, Western Bulldogs. Load up on their ruckman because yeah. they will dominate yeah. that game. Uh, Jack Martin, Took Miller have been both been really consistent for the past mm. few weeks, actually. Um, and Aaron Young, ignore that. Ignore that down. 101. Even in, even in draft formats, he's too inconsistent. Oh, he's horrible. He might be a plug-and-play, depending on matchups, oh. but it's difficult to predict which games he's actually going to fire. As I learned from my Risk It for the Biscuit call earlier <laughs> in the year. Uh, ben Ainsworth, I do want to talk about just quickly. He's had a career-best game. Mm. He's come up, what's this, 26 disposals, just two tackles and four marks there. Uh, he didn't need any goals to bump his score up to 90, which is what I like to see. He had a couple of behinds, yeah. but the way he'd ma- be making most of his points previous to this would have been uh, goals. goals, being up As forward. Sneak, yep. Fiorini's out for the next few weeks. If Ben Ainsworth is available in your draft league, I love the uh, idea of going out and grabbing like him in a, a redraft. A situation. Yep. 
absolutely love it mm. because I reckon they'll put him a bit more into the midfield. But the other thing is... Yeah, for very ke- highly rated yeah, player. For keeper leagues, if anyone was cooling on Ben Ainsworth because he was a highly rated draft pick last yep. year, he was you know supposed to come on a lot more quickly. He didn't, but... I think that this is a this sign shows, that you yeah. can hold him for a bit longer. It because shows you his do, class. You start to lose patience a little bit, but you this do. is a good sign. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, one of the guys in our Keeper League messaged me today, and all he said was, Matty Matt, thoughts on Ainsworth. <laughs> what a terrible message. I'm not sure if he's trying to sell Ainsworth to me, or if he just genuinely wants to know what I think about it. I think it's a humble brag is what it is. I'm mm. positive that that is a humble brag, that he has gotten... Ainsworth off of someone on the cheap and he wants to brag about it quite possibly um, Braden Crossley the uh, the rookie who Whoa. who honestly looks like he's about 30 somehow so you two listen to the commentators oh mate if you oh, the amount of times was it BT in this game I can't actually no, remember who was commentating it game. all I know is they love Crossley Goober Goober Derm oh, it was God. Derm yeah. um, but he does look 30 I mean I've got to be honest there yeah. I actually brought him in in keepers this week because I had a, a hold of Phil mm. He was very, very solid. He slowed down in the second half. I think he was on 50-odd yeah. at halftime. Yeah. So slowed down a lot, as you'd expect with as an 18-year-old mm. in the ruck. But, geez, there are a lot of good signs there. Yeah. And he heated hard. He did. Um, and 69, that's a solid score. So yeah. if you bought him in as a 170K ruckman, you'd be laughing right now. But Absolutely. I, I don't mind the idea of bringing him in because they seem yeah. to have a pretty good dynamic, uh, Wits and Crossley. Mm-hmm. The thing is, tough. I think his job security is iffy. Yeah. Um, obviously, Lynch was out this week. Mm-hmm. Peter Wright is still building fitness after a long-term calf injury. Once one or both of those guys come back in, I expect he loses his position because yeah. they are playing Sam Day as well, and they'll be too top-heavy. Yeah. Quick word on Jared Lyons. Uh, he became mysterious again. The the man of mystery himself just we don't went even know missing. If he turned up for the game. Sixty-one points. Uh, it's yeah. just terrible. I think the consistency that he had. Second half of last year's deserted him. Yeah, so, I mean, if you've got him in salary cap, because a lot of people would have picked him up after those back-to-back 140-odd-plus games, I think you need to look at sideways trading him because as a midfielder... That's where that's where a lot of your points are coming from. Sixty-one points is just, that's standard deviation is way too big to be a top eight midfielder at the end yeah, of the year. Nowhere near enough. Uh, I want to move on to the next game: uh, yep. Bombers versus the Hawks. Uh, Bombers again got beaten. They they tried for a little while. Yeah, and then they and it all fell apart. They really got overrun. So for the Hawks, I mean, this was a great starter season pickup and an even <clears> better hold if you held him through those two suspensions. James Sicily. 135. He looks like he's dominating through the air. Mm, 14 marks is huge. He's still cheap. Like, he's under 600K. So, and he's available as a forward and a defender. Would you, uh, would you go out and grab Sicily yourself? I mean, if you had, if you really needed someone that wasn't too expensive. 594K. Yeah. Break even of 48. Mm. Owned by 10.26% of teams. So it's not exactly a massive point of difference, but he w- oh. he does have the ability to go big. I myself, I would say no. My gut says no, but that might just be because I don't like him. Uh, well, I think that uh, they will that teams will wake up to this. So he's had an amazing game. He he was clearly best on ground, uh, and the coaches said so as well. He got ten votes in the coaches award. So. What that says to me is he will cop that tag again in the next couple of weeks that he copped at the end of last year. And we year. know that he's, he can't work through it he, yet. He can't. And if he gets tagged, there is every chance in the world that he hits someone again or he does something stupid and he gets suspended for another week or even two weeks. I I just can't justify having James Sicily in my team. Yeah, I think there is too much of a risk there. But, but if he can keep his temper... yeah. It could be a great pick. I mean, and it was a great hold for this week. But prior to this week, how much did he make you by sitting on your bench? You know, it's, oh, yeah. he's lost you points as well. And so, you can't have a 600k guy just sitting on your bench. Exactly. Some people would have got lucky and bought uh, Tommy D, Tom Dode, onto their uh, their field on the one week where he scored 100 and Sicily was off. Great. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. But that's pure luck. So... You know, it really is hard to for me to justify having James Sisley at the end of the year. Mm. Uh, Tommy Mitchell just getting it done as well. Um, it drops off a little bit from there. Some solid scores from some draft guys like Liam Shields, Isaac Smith, both getting 99. Good to see Jared Roughhead doing a little bit better as Bounce well. back, which is good. Mm-hmm. Jure, uh, yep. he's back. Jure, 
is he back? Is no, he really? <laughs> Don't say Jure is back. That just gets my he hopes He had off. a good game against Essendon, who have been leaking a lot of points this yep. year. Um, so don't get overly excited about some of the middle-tier guys. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Burton is a horrible case for keeper leagues. Uh, we've spoken about him a couple of times. He's gotten He's gone at 58 this week. He's averaging just over 40. I think it's about 45 or something like that. Yeah, it's not good. I mean... At, at this stage, he's a must-hold in keeper leagues purely but because... Only in keepers. Yeah, obviously only in keepers. But the you just have to hold him because he's so much better than this. If he is played in the right role, he could go absolutely mental. But you're just going to get no value well, in a trade. And yeah. if you drop him, some other guy is going to pick him you're up, leave him, him on their side. Extremely low. Yeah. So in keepers, absolutely. You have to hold him as much as it hurts. Mm-hmm. Um uh, who else have we got? No one else I really want to talk about from the Hawks. So wait, oh, oh, there is, oh, there is. In keeping with the break-even theme, uh, Yegor Amira. Oh yes, five hundred and sixty-four k break-even of eighty-nine. He's averaging eighty-six point six. Oh, I don't... so his break-even's above his average now. If you've got nothing else to do, he's top of the list to move on. Mm. If you do have other things that you need to do. I don't mind holding him because he is still a chance to break that. Yeah, I, I'm he's sort of... He's playing Sydney, which isn't the best matchup, but no. he, he he's a guy that can crack a ton quite easily. Yeah. Most people will probably have rookies that they need to move on first. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we, we sort of said that Jaeger Amir was someone you had to get rid of a couple of weeks ago. Um, you had to start figuring out a way to move him on quickly. Having, he's still if you've in still got him, of teams. Yeah, if you've still got him, you probably need to hold at least one more week, but... I'm positive that this is exactly what we said a couple of weeks ago. We said, you'll be left with him in your team for longer than you think because these rookies all of a sudden are going to become very, very close to their break-even and they're going to lose too yeah. much money. And I'd be moving the rookies on ahead of Jaeger. Yeah, definitely. That's the only reason I'm keeping him this week. Yeah. Um, what have we got? The Bombers, Dyson Heppel. He, good to see him back after a couple of poor weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tommy Bellchambers, jeez, this is... Very, very odd because he's he hasn't really been up and about too much this year. And he's gone and spanked 113 against pretty solid competition in Ben McAvoy. Yeah. Um, a hard one yeah. to explain, but I think this is just one in a one in a hundred, you know, for Tom Bell Chambers. He's coming towards the end of his career. Not really one you can look towards in a draft league for any sort of stability. No. Uh, Devin Smith, again, I still think, you know, a 94 under par for what he can achieve, but this is an okay score. It's good enough to keep him in your salary yeah. cap side. You don't have to move him on at the moment. I agree. Um, and Brendan Goddard's very disappointing after a lot of people would have bought him in after the uh, POD very change. High on him. I'm, I'm still sort high of on him. I allowed myself to be convinced by you, but I wasn't as high. Still high on him, but I didn't want to pay what he was, uh, what he was costing. I knew he was going to have a poorer game every now and then. This is that poorer game. I don't think he's reached his break even, so he should fall a little bit in price, and maybe you can get him just under 650k or so, which is a little bit more affordable. Uh, he's currently 664k, mm-hmm. uh, break even of 109 this week. Yeah. Playing Colton, I mean, he might reach that, but he also might go close to like 90 to 100. I reckon so. he'll probably go about 95 again. So I reckon if you can get him just a little bit cheaper in a couple of weeks' time, that's the way to go. Um, Kobe Much, uh, solid mm. score from him. Good little uh, cash cow there. Zach Merritt, uh, oh, this would have hurt. I uh, brought him in this week. I yeah. reckon a lot of people would have brought him in. Tagged by bloody cousins. Um, oh, and is that what happened? Yeah, just 64. I mean, that's not what we want, Merritt. But I suppose the good news is enough people have him in their teams by now. Yeah, he's owned so. by 27.5% yeah. of teams. Um, his break-even's 100. So there is a chance that he might drop again if Carlton tag him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's playing Carlton. They've been giving up huge points. So. Yeah. Uh, the uh, only other one I quickly wanted to touch on isn't actually in the statistics from last week. It's uh, Matty Guelphy. And obviously, <laughs> one of my risk it for the biscuit picks. So he was, he was dropped. That backfired in a big way. But he should be back this uh, week. The word I heard was... Rested. Just rested. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's because didn't Essendon have... Because they of the Anzac gay game, they would have had yeah, some very close games recently. So you'd think a first-year player would probably be rested at some stage. This is his week. He'll be back. Don't drop him. Just just leave it be for the moment. Yep. You've got um, bigger issues. Exactly. Uh, on to the next game, which was West Coast and Port Adelaide, which I'm personally very, very happy about. It was a <laughs> solid effort for West Coast. And 
surprisingly, they've actually got some halfway decent scorers uh, the past couple of rounds. Very unusual for West Coast. It's re- they're normally a bit of a fantasy wasteland, similar to what North Melbourne was a couple of years, even last year. Mm. Um, and I suppose to some extent this year as I well, I was going to say, has <laughs> much changed? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, so we've got Jack Redden at the top of the list. Now, he's had two back-to-back massive games. Now, from memory, now I might need to get you to check this. But, Jack Redden, mm-hmm. what does he cost in salary caps? Because I have the odd feeling he'll be about 550k. Something around about there. Um, and if he costs that much, that is cheap. And he is going ooh. to be making you a lot of cash. Not a bad guess, actually. He's 569k. Yep. Averaging 85 points. Mm-hmm. Playing GWS this week, he has a break-even of 30. Break-even of 30. If he can keep going, not even quite to this level, you know, he's gone 120 plus twice with 138 last week. If he could average 100 with without Luke Shuey in the side, and obviously we talked about without uh, Sam Mitchell and Matty Prittis, he could make a lot of money. I actually love the idea of bringing Jack Redden into your side this week. If It's probably a luxury trade. But, you know, if you've got a middle-tier, um, you know, midfielder, maybe like a Bailey Banfield or someone like that, that you want to upgrade much cheaper than looking towards a premium, you could use someone like Jack Redden as a stepping stone. stone. Because yeah, he's had two good weeks. Well, he's, he's had two great weeks. Those yeah. have been two very good weeks. And like I say, even if he can go at a couple of hundreds um, for the next, you know, month, if he can average 95 plus, he's oh, making he's you tons of money. take you up to premium level. Exactly. Price. And so, then you can just sideways into a fallen premium. Yeah, what do you think of that idea? <clears throat> don't hate it. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I know, I know that you you don't like some of the more out-of-the-box ideas no, when I, it comes I to upgrading. Don't mind this one. I'm just always wary of stuff happening you're not expecting mm-hmm. and you being stuck with someone that you were going to use as a stepping stone. Yeah. Um, plus, his consistency to start this year... Was down. It was yeah, poor. Yeah, I was, didn't like his start to mm. the year. Oh, nobody did. It was ugly. So <laughs> it got I'm very ugly very quickly. I'm just 100% sold, but I am about 80% sold. Yeah. It's hard to argue with the numbers over the past couple of weeks, and he yeah. does look like he's playing a much more freer role. Uh, Mark Hutchings, great game. Um, if Luke Shuey's out for an extended period of time, I don't mind draft leagues going out and grabbing this guy because he, he's available in a lot of them. I think he was only 60% owned. Which, yeah, he's pretty low. And, he, and he's a forward. So I reckon and when he plays, he scores. It's just a matter of fact that he doesn't play. Yep, so, I agree. Uh, he's averaging like 83 or something like that when he does play this year. So just go out and grab him. Uh, Jack Dolling, we've mentioned a couple of weeks in a row. Career best year. Strangely consistent and strangely good this year, even for fantasy because for draft leagues, he's averaging over 84. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, mean... Don't hate it Yeah, in drafts if you need a... Um, a waiver spot filled? Yeah, absolutely not. Um, and even, you know, I mean, Elliot Yo's had a good week again. 91's pretty solid score. Shannon Hearn's still going pretty solidly yeah. for his 82. Cripps, I mentioned a few weeks ago. He's you did? still been going pretty solidly since then. Yeah, for draft leagues, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only averaging uh, just a shade under 80. But that's still great for your forward line as a depth player. Yep. Um, but yeah, I suppose the only downside would be the, uh, the rookies. Because Jake Waterman is one that would be reaching his... Uh, break even pretty quickly yeah. um so you'd say the same with um uh, or willy rioli if you if you have him <laughs> this was a great week for him at 80 so he will have reset his break even but i'm going to suggest that jake waterman is actually getting very very close to his so it might be almost time to offload him um so yeah, what i'm I- searching for the break yeah have a little bit of a look see for that uh luke shuey's another talking point i haven't actually heard about what his uh, time frame off is going to be. Yeah, not sure. So the Eagles haven't really revealed that yet. It might come midweek when the injury reports are updated. So hopefully it's one of those, you know, regulation hamstring injuries where it's three to four weeks. Uh, That's, you know, holdable for draft leagues especially. But, you know, if it's one of those, like, almost torn off the bone or higher hamstrings where it can be sometimes they're seven to eight or even ten weeks... To break um, you might need to look at shipping him on. Yeah. Uh, Waterman's break even is fifty. Yeah, so he's pro- he's pretty much there. Yeah, well, you I'd need say to move him. I'd say his average is on fifty nine. Fifty nine. So, so yeah. you need to move. He's, he's one of the top thirty three percent of teams. One so. of the top guys you need to move on. Um, and obviously, I'd say English is my top rookie by a long shot. Yeah. Uh, over for Port Powell, the highest scorer was Dan Houston. Dan Houston. That is weird. I mean, he's, he's been. 
consistent. He was averaging 75 prior to this score. Mm. So, I mean, if you have him in a really deep draft league, good on you because he's a forward and that's pretty solid scoring on your um, on your, your bench even. Uh, but then it really does drop away. I mean, there were some average games. Robbie Gray, 91's good enough considering Port Adelaide got beaten pretty convincingly. Yeah. I think looking at Robbie Gray, the thing that stands out is he had 20 handballs. Yeah, that's so the... So he was tagged by Hutchings, I think, from memory. Um, and Hutchings <laughs> tagged did a pretty very... good job in that he just couldn't get ball on boot. Mm. Tagged pretty loosely, to be honest. I mean, Hutchings had 10 tackles, so he, but he got a fair bit of the ball himself as well. He had 27 disposals, so... Uh, but Robbie Gray, you want him kicking it. You don't want him absolutely. handling it 20 times. 100%. Um, and then a lot of other guys had pretty poor games. So like Jared Pollock is one who's been going great guns lately. Ollie Wines, only 76. Um, uh, you know, uh, Justin Westoff, 87 after a great start to the year. Just It wasn't the Ports day. Basically. No, they got comprehensively yeah. beaten. They, they got absolutely smashed. And the really, uh, you know, poor sign for draft coaches is Paddy Ryder coming back in. Would, a lot of coaches would have been hoping for, you know, if not a lot better than this, at least a little bit better than a 52. Um, yeah, but he'll build back into I form. wouldn't have thought I'd get a lot from him on his first game mm. back. Um, I, I suppose, would, would especially have... against West Coast. I mean, they've got two big, yeah. like, strong ruckmen who are good tap ruckmen as well, which is where Paddy would get a lot of his points. Yeah, so I I agree. He'll be a lot better for this run. Yeah, I reckon he will too. So I, I think we'll move on from Port because it wasn't the greatest fantasy game from them this weekend. And on to the Sydney Swans and North Melbourne. This was a classic as well, actually. This was a really <laughs> close, contested game. Somehow North Melbourne got up in the end. I, yeah. I just, I can't pick North Melbourne this year. Uh, but then again, <laughs> I can't pick Sydney this year either. There's something wrong with Sydney. North Melbourne seemed to be catching a fair few teams this year on the back foot. Um, and I don't know whether that's the other team's fault or whether it's because North Melbourne are playing fantastically. It's really hard to say. North, of, I think North are playing well, and yeah. there is something wrong with Sydney. Yeah, there, was a there, combination is, of there is something wrong. Factors. Um, some, uh, ben Jacobs was the top scorer for North Melbourne with 119. And a, quite a nice stat line as well. It's a great stat line. Nine tackles there, 29 disposals with a pretty decent kick-to-handball spread, six, six marks. marks. Don't look into that too much. That's that's not happening regularly. No, Just... he had a couple of good games to start the year, but then mm. he backed it up with a couple of 40s and 50s from memory. So... Yeah, he's well past. So he's four hundred and fifty odd k now. There's just he's not making you enough money of salary cap, and he's too inconsistent for draft leagues for me. Uh, Sean Higgins, nice solo game, but your boy Mason Wood. <laughs> I knew this was going to come up. Your man. I maintain he is going to be a gun fantasy player at some point. Yep, it might only be for like a year, <laughs> but he's got all the tools. He just he does. needs to put it together. Uh, 105 this week with nine marks and four goals. I mean, obviously the four goals have pumped it he's up. Got but you've strong hands. He's good mark overhead and he has four goals. Mm? Don't jump on him this week though. He's playing Richmond next week, and I think Jared Waite is maybe back next week. So that's a a big difference yeah, as that well. Will make a difference. It'll be well. interesting to see when uh, Brown, Waite, and Wood all play in the same side. It's going to go one of two ways. They're either not going to get enough ball each to actually score, or they'll stretch the defense so much that Ben Brown becomes an absolutely dominant dominant player because he'll just outreach everybody. Yeah. I, I, because they won't be able to go third man up. I almost agree with that because Brown's awesome this year. He's just going fantastically. A uh, bit of a down game this week, but oh well. Mm-hmm. Um, Cunnington's just a solid contributor, especially... Uh, uh, Trent DeMont is interesting from a keeper league point of view because oh. he just teases, doesn't he? He teases you. I've had him for a year and a half. Now I know because every he's time been teasing you for a year him, and a half. <laughs> every time I think about dropping him, he does this. He just, Congrats, Trent! You're on the list for another month. Oh, mate, he just messes with your head, basically. Uh, good to see Sam right back on the field. But I was just going to say, in all oh, seriousness, yeah. though, um, depth player. Mm. Nothing more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sam Wright, good to see him back on the field. 72, mm. pretty solid score. He's a defender. Not one to look at in salary cap, but... Deep drafts. Deep drafts. I, I like don't him. mind it because he's got a scoring ability about him. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I remember he was pumping out 70s mm. pretty pretty regularly. And they rate him at North yeah. Melbourne as well. They wanted him to get back, to get back to full health. Uh, yeah. Jack Zebel, look, uh, just another quick word. I know I mentioned this a couple of weeks <laughs> ago when he did get POD status. I just cannot see him being a top 
six forward at the end of the year or even being close. If he's no. playing legitimate forward roles, he's not going to score high enough. Particularly if all those other big guys are in there. Yeah. Because he's playing as a tall. Mm. And and the other thing is, I even when he's in the midfield, he he's... I mean, I haven't seen him really average over 100. He's an impact player. Yeah, it's really tough to say. And I just think there's so many better forward options. So just don't get trapped into the fact that he's a new point of di- Or not point of difference. Uh, uh, he's DPP. got new DPP status uh, that he's he's a forward now when he was a midfielder for so many years. Don't get trapped into that way of thinking. Um, I tend to agree 100% mm. on that. Yeah, I, I don't think he's quite... He's like a tier below where you would want him to yeah, be. Yeah. Uh, oh, Todd Goldstein. Oh, God. Oh, I'm just, I'm stuck with Todd Goldstein at the moment. I just. Me too. That's the point where it's actually depressing to talk about him. There's just too much stuff going on. And I'm basically, we're losing 20 to 30 points every week. Yeah. And he's now only owned by under 3% of the competition. <laughs> and two of them are And two us. of them are on this podcast, <laughs> and we're eternally depressed about it. Yeah. So we will move on from North Melbourne yeah. and talk about the Swans for a second. And, and again, though, I come back to the fact of uh, there's too much other stuff to do, so oh we just can't God. do anything about it. It just it hurts. At some Before finals roll around, we are going to have to get rid of Todd Goldstein. Mate, I'm not even going to be playing finals the way I'm going. <laughs> Well, I'm still in with a chance, mate, so I'll, uh, I will have to uh, address that at some stage and get rid of Todd Goldstein. We just we have to. Um, JPK, another massive game this week, yeah. and it's getting to that time of year when JPK does start to do his thing. Up. Brody's Law, the Brody Law, when the, uh, <laughs> the real contested beasts uh, start to awaken mid-season. Brody's not getting royalties anytime we use that, is he? Mate, we don't get royalties for anything. We don't get paid for anything. How do you think we're going to give royalties? <laughs> just checking, just checking. In that case, then, yeah, Brody's law is in a full effect. It's in effect at the moment. So, uh, and another, a real surprise packet for me this year. And I actually got a call from one of our friends to actually give him a shout out on the podcast. I don't know why we we give a lot of people shout outs. And you made fun of me for giving someone a shout out. Once. Yeah, I did. No, no, not not an individual, a player, Cal Sinclair. He wanted me to specifically I'm sure talk I gave about Sinclair Cal Sinclair. A shout out a couple of weeks ago, and you yeah threw little darts I think at I, me. About I think it. I might have. I think I might have. But Cal Sinclair he's having a great year. Is having an amazing year. So he's averaging, I think, over a hundred or dead on a hundred at the moment. So. Uh, 112 last week from 27 hitouts against Goldstein, uh, a goal in there, seven marks. He's just getting around the ground, and it doesn't look like Darcy Cameron or, I mean, even I, I don't think any other Ruckman is going to be able to force their way into this side. No. So just, yeah, back him in. Why not? So if you- Sinclair is 646,000, mm-hmm. um, average of 996 only owned by 3.35% of teams. I love it. If you've fallen down the rankings in your league and just getting Brody Grundy or Steph Martin like everyone else isn't going to do anything for you, go with Callum Sinclair. It's something a little bit different. Break in of 87. Yeah. And he plays Hawthorne this week. Bell Chambers scored well against Hawthorne. Exactly. So, yeah. Bell Chambers. Bell, <laughs> Bell Chambers. <laughs> you say that with such disdain and hatred. Um, Heath Grundy, flash in the pan score there with the 94. Um, he's a key defender. He was averaging 55 before that. Ignore that completely. Yep. Um, one player I do want to point out is Isaac Heaney, who's, I mean... We've been saying this all year. He looks really good from a pure footy mm. perspective. He's just not putting and he scores looked, together. He looked good in this game as well. He looked like he was contributing, but he's just not putting oh, those scores on the board. He's contributing. Yeah. That's the thing. He's contributing massively. He's just not getting enough stats mm. to actually score. Well, he's owned by almost 50% of the comp at 48%. Again, so I am one of them. Ex- yeah, so am I. So you don't really have too much of a worry there. Almost everyone has him. Yeah. Uh, and somehow 13% of the competition still have Luke Parker. Get rid Again. of Luke Parker. Have you got Luke Parker still? I was going to move him on last week, but oh, then Guelphie got dropped. No. Oh. He's moving this week. Wait, did you drop Guelphie? No, no. Oh, I okay. You had to rearrange. To yes, I, get, I was about to say, ooh, no, jump no, in the I gun kept, early. I kept Guelphie, but I didn't feel comfortable playing uh, Radagolia on the field. Oh, nobody so would. So I moved him on instead. 65 would have been a pretty decent score from Radagolia. Oh, that's a better score. Um, so, yeah, Luke Parker, just get rid of Luke Parker. Yeah, you've he, got to move him on. He is dead weight fantasy-wise at the moment. Move him on. Uh, who else have we got there? Uh, not anyone else. Have, I mean, Ronke had a, an okay game, 56. Uh, his break-even was negative 7, so he's still going to be making plenty of cash. 
as long as he stays in the side. You know, there might be some casualties from a close loss. And we all know uh, Horse Longmire is one to just drop rookies who are performing very well for absolutely no reason. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, Anyone else you want to mention there, or should we move on to the Crows and the Blues? There is a name that is jumping out at me with neon lights. What's that? But it makes me too upset to say, so we'll move on. No, 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 no. you can say it. You can say it. This is a safe space. You can... Papley. (laughs) Papa Papley. Papa Papley. He's lost the right to Papa Papley. He's just Papley. (laughs) He's having a horrible year. Yeah, he's he's not going great. And I'm... This is... Probably no one else owns him anymore, but I still have him in keepers, and it's really I know. annoying me. Keeper league is a very because different I just beast. Can't bring myself to drop him. Yeah, because he was really good last year. There's a lot of guys that just no one would even think about for salary caps and redraft leagues, but a lot of people still have in keepers because you're just holding on to hope. That's it. I've only got him because of hope right now. But the hope is fading quickly. Oh, it is. Uh, we'll move on to the Crows then. So Crows and the Blues, this was, I mean, it was a smashing in the end. Uh, a lot of big scores on the Adelaide side of things. So Douglas, Mitch McGovern, Matty Crouch, Sam Jacobs, Hugh Greenwood, Gibbs and Laird all cracking the ton. I mean, this was just a showcase. Carlton is the team that is giving up the most amount of points. They are. So if you're playing, if you're playing Carlton, or if you can find guys on the waiver wire that are playing Carlton, Within Rat. reason. Yeah, don't. Don't, don't go nuts. But within reason, there is a good chance they'll play well. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all of those guys, uh, I think most of those guys are actually pretty decent for draft leagues with the exception maybe of Mitch McGovern. Um, yeah. Rory Laird just keeps getting it done. He is consistently the best defender in the competition at the moment, um, fantasy-wise especially. Uh it's really, I mean, Paul Seedsman's one I want to quickly touch on. Yeah. Hasn't quite been there the past couple of weeks, but he's still getting by. I mean, 83, you're not too upset with that. You're probably not looking at him to be making money anymore. No. He's pretty much a lock No, he, guy he's now, a lock so guy. So, his um, break even's 95. He's averaging 100, owned by a quarter of teams now. He's 653,000. He's a top six defender if he keeps going like he was. Lock and load. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, Tom Dode is probably the big one I want to talk about just quickly from mm. Adelaide because yeah. 47, poor score from him, and he must be getting very close to reaching his break even. Yeah, he's averaging 71, mm. owned by 62% of teams. Oh, yeah. Break even is 56. <sighs> Jeez. He's right up there with Finlayson. Yeah, got to, got to be close. One. Yeah, but like I said earlier, I mean, those are. The backs that we're bringing in... They might not be a hell of a lot better. They're like, getting... Even though the defenders probably have the highest break-evens at the moment, mm. I'd almost be moving some of those other guys on ahead of them mm. because all of those top rookie defenders can pump out tons just randomly. Yeah, agreed. Um, so I think we'll move on from Adelaide just for a moment and move over to the Blues. Uh, uh, Ed... I do just have to point oh, out yeah. uh, Wayne Malera oh. was my risk at... And he got injured. Twinged a hammy or something. Yeah, so he, he did. That's, un- that's unfortunate for you. So we'll, <laughs> we'll move on. Yeah. I, I get too much of enjoyment out of your pain. <laughs> I was pretty pumped when Guelphie got dropped just because he was your risk. Yeah, I so. bet you were. <laughs> we'll move on. Ed Kernow is one that we actually made a call on and said you could absolutely get him into your fantasy sides and you should yep. if you want to take that risk. Yep. And he's just keeping going. 14 tackles. Yeah, he's he's terrific. He had more tackles than he had handballs. And nobody cares about Ed Kernow. Nobody cares. So no one's going to tag Ed Kernow. No. I mean, I know they're missing Mark Murphy and Bryce Gibbs is gone, but they I don't think teams well, even know he exists. Carlton just aren't damaging forward of centre, so it's not like he's really hurting you disposal-wise anyway. Mm. So you just let him get the ball and then set up to get an intercept. Yeah, and please don't get... How on earth... I've just seen the ownership statistics here. Dale Thomas is owned by 6.8% of the competition. In salary cap? In salary cap. So I wouldn't be looking at him in salary cap. Oh, God, no. in draft... Yeah, he's he's all right. His last two games... Um, I just I can't bring myself to bring Dale Thomas into my side. His last five games, his lowest score is 74. That's good, As I a suppose. forward in ultimate footy. It just hurts me to see Daisy he's, Thomas in I my... I know. He's owned by 68% of teams. So there's 32% of teams there mm. where you could have Daisy in your forward line. Yeah. As I said, his lowest score in the last five games, 74. Yeah, I'd wager a bet that a lot of those draft leagues are the... Uh, a bit more shallow, so there's not quite as much depth to them, yeah. so you don't need those middle-tier players uh, quite as much. Uh, you know, some of your, you know, even three forwards or four forward leagues. Yeah, just 
buyer beware on that one. I don't think he's got a great run coming up. Not that Colton ever really had a no, great run. No, they games, don't. But <laughs> I think he's got a particularly bad one. Yeah. Cade Simpson, pretty solid score there for 112. So this is his up week. Hopefully he doesn't have another downturn from there mm-hmm. uh, with 112 this week. But there is a bit of a gap between that and the next best. So 89 from Kerridge was the next after that 112. Solid depth. Yeah. And then it slips down. to I mean, Paddy Cripps with an 82. You're hoping for more than that, and he will deliver on it. I mean, this is just a down game from him. Uh, Dow, probably his highest score of the year, I Yeah, think. absolutely his highest score of the year. Still owned by over 20% of the competition, so there'd be a lot of guys who are just hoping for a, a more solid game like this to bump up his uh, uh, his average and get that reset that break-even a little bit, and hopefully this is the one for you. His so. break-even is 29. Yeah, so averaging 51, if he can, by 20% of teams. If he can go another 60-plus or so, his break-even will really and truly be reset. And he plays Essendon, who is a fantasy-friendly team Oh, at the yeah, they absolutely so are. So if you have held Dow throughout all of those poor scores, mm. hold him for another week at least. Yeah, absolutely. Um, geez, Matty Kennedy, 46. I mean, we expected so much more in, dr- in terms of draft leagues this year. I know a lot of people even might have bought him in as a mid-pricer in salary cap at the very start. Do you with him from memory? But... Yeah, he just hasn't performed. It's It's been pretty woeful. And this is without Murphy and mm. Gibbs, who obviously has moved. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, maybe he's not the accumulator we're expecting him to be. Maybe, but also he is still pretty young, and coming over to a new team, we do often say that sometimes they need a bit of time. So That's true. Hopefully at some stage he can kick in, um, but it just hasn't come at the right time for us as fantasy coaches. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about there, or shall we move on to the Tigers and Dockers? Wow. <laughs> just... Wow. Yeah. I mean, did I hear a um, statistic somewhere saying that like 36 was your previous lowest score of all time or something like uh, that? Possibly, yeah. And 33 is the I new one? I think our lowest score was against Adelaide going back 2007, 2008 yeah. maybe? Yeah. Yeah, it's, wow, just not great from the Dockers. Uh, I but uh, Against the Premiership favourite. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Richmond are a fantastic team as well. And... The key word there is team because they really don't... I mean, we say it every week. They don't have standout dr- fantasy Even players. Their draft guys aren't really... No, they're absolutely standout. not. I mean, Dusty Martin obviously is a great player and he just edged his way up to relevance this week. So I think he was on like 57 or something like that. He, uh, he was he on 48. Four goals. Yeah, he was on 48 at halftime. He was on 56 or 57 at three-quarter oh. time. So he did absolutely nothing. And then he eked his way up to 93 at the end. So he just has... He has a quarter where he goes up forward and doesn't touch the ball, basically. There's a lot of midfielders doing that this year, though. Yeah, there really are. He's not alone there. Very annoying for fantasy coaches. But, I mean, Camden McIntosh had his good week. Lambert was pretty solid this week. I mean, he was great this week. Uh, Graham, after averaging 57 the weeks before, has gone and hit 108. Graham is the more temperamental scoring-wise. And McIntosh, obviously. Lambert... You're probably the safest bet there. Lambert, well, he is, yeah, absolutely. But previous to this, he was averaging 76. So, you know. But he did have a bad start. To the yeah, year. his he did. last few weeks, I think, have been a lot more. Have been solid. pretty solid. Um, and, yeah, just from there on in, it really does just go up and down. I mean, Nathan uh, or Jaden Short was pretty poor this week. Jack Higgins, the rookie, had a down week, but he's still making you some cash, so don't worry too much about that. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, Josh Caddy had a down week again, which is unfortunate because. After coming back from injury, he just hasn't hit the heights at the that he was hitting at the start of the season. Not quite, no. Uh, Sam Lloyd had a poor game. And, you know, there's just so many of those similar players. So, I think we'll move on from Richmond. Uh, the Dockers, though, Nat Fife, Jesus, he is a star. He, he is just so good. And he's getting it done on the fantasy stage as well this year. He's averaging over 110, which is what we always thought he might not be able to do for an extended period. Yep. He's got quite a high ownership as well. He does, yeah. Well, it's 33% at the moment, and that is because he did, after a poor game at the very start of the year, he did go down significantly in price. Yeah. So I think it was lowest price, about 680 k He's about 775 at the moment, 780 something like that. Uh, so if you want to get him into your side at the moment, you're going to have to say to yourself, right, he's a top eight midfielder at the end of the year. I think so, yeah. For me, he is. I agree. But on current form, yeah. But yes, you have to make that call because he's not a stepping stone. He's not there to make you money. He's one that you want to have in at the end of the year. Find a way to get him in. Exactly. Uh, Lockie Neal, solid week. uh, But as as we've been saying all mm. year, though, thirty five touches and he got one hundred and twenty. Yeah, twenty one handballs. Great 
footy, mm-hmm. he's not having a great fantasy year. Yeah, it's yeah, not great. Um, he's it, accumulating without doing a lot. He's a draft player, he, but he's. we thought that he could really step up in salary cap leagues because he did have a great year a couple of years ago from memory, like did, fantastic yeah. year. I think that um, Fife wasn't there, though. Yeah, that's true. And the, um, the issue that I can see is the tackle count. Two mm. tackles for Lockie Neal. That's not Lockie Neal-like. No. So he needs to put it all together more consistently. Uh, Andrew Brayshaw is annoying. 78 is a great <laughs> score from him, but a lot of people would have got him out a couple of weeks ago or even longer ago. A lot ago. of people would have ditched him in the first couple of weeks yeah. of the year. And so he's reset his break even, which oh, he's actually still owned by 34% of the comp. So a lot of people still got him in there. Um, Adam Chera, again, he's reset his break even with a nice 78 as well. So... Uh, and Bailey Banfield, some people would have ditched him last week as well, and he's gone and gotten 73. So he's not necessarily reset his break even, but because it was 36, he's still making some cash. Yeah, so right. so um, let's have some numbers then. Mm-hmm. Banfield, uh, 381,000, break even of 38. Yep. He's averaging 63, mm-hmm. so he can stay. <clears throat> making cash. Uh, Croden. Oh, Croden. Ugh. Well, he only got 26, so he's yeah, not looking he's great. he's averaging 50. His break-even is 57. Yeah, get rid he's of him. He's got to go. Just, yeah. And I'd probably be moving him on ahead of those defenders. We oh, about I absolutely earlier. would, because he's not making any points. Um, and Owned by 17% of the comp as well, by the looks of things. Yeah. Croden. So you need to move him on if you've still got him. Uh, a lot of these guys that you shouldn't have anymore are ones that I do have. Yeah, and which my it, tablet's frozen, so I which, can't find which anyone is, else. So depressing. I feel so bad for you and your fantasy it's team at the moment. Really not uh, one that I'll quickly year. mention while you're having a look there is Connor Blakely. Mm. That was a poor game. I mean, Frio in general, that was a poor game from them. But that's a poor game from a lot of people's perspective who bought him in based on his uh, DPP uh, addition as a defender. Um, he's going to be going down a fair way in price now. And you may be even able to pick him up sub 580 k at some stage. Yeah, quite which, possibly. Which yeah. is very cheap, and he can put big numbers onto the score sheet. So uh, if he gets very, very cheap, go out and get him. Don't mind that at all. Yeah. So Brayshaw, averaging 59, mm-hmm. break-even of 32. Uh, Chero, averaging 58, uh, break-even of 29. So yeah. they are both good to go for, Yeah, they're to stay for a bit they're longer. They're both fine, but Croden, just get out of your side immediately. Croden's the one to move. Alex Pierce for the 20% Ooh, yeah, of people Alex that Pierce. still have him, mm-hmm. is averaging 47. His break-even is 40. He's yeah. only 298, so you're not getting a lot for him. Nah. He probably needs to go, but because you're not getting a lot... He's probably a little bit lower down the priority. He needs to go at some stage, but you could also really just leave him in for a teeny bit because he's not exactly losing you money. And then at some stage later down the track, just trade him out for a 170k bargain-based And probably the one thing saving him as well is he's playing St. Kilda this week. Yeah, that's true. Mm, Absolutely. Uh, So we'll move on to the next game, St. Kilda and Melbourne. Uh, St. Kilda continue to be underperforming this year, and uh, the Demons absolutely dominated this game. Particularly from a fantasy point of view, what's yeah. that? I think it's about nine players scored over 90, which was great. Uh, Angus Brayshaw, Gus, Gus, finally coming on. He's... It was good to see him actually play well. Mm. He looks he looked good in this game. Yeah. Um, they weren't cheap touches either. He no. was going in and getting the ball and putting his body on the line, yeah. all of that good stuff. Ten so. contested possessions in there, and not as much as Clayton Oliver's 20. But, geez, ten yeah, contested possessions is still level. great from him. Uh, Maxi Gorn just getting it done. Top ruck for the year for yeah. nine. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Jesse Hogan, uh, he's Good. still going at an average of over 90. So I think it's 94 at the moment, which is... I think so long as... Tom McDonald is in the side? Yeah, he's yeah. going to be good because he's got someone else that can take a bit of attention away from him. Yeah, which means he can go into the midfield without people, uh, what is it, um, abusing him a little bit for it almost. They were saying that he needs to play as a stay-at-home forward. but this from a structural this reason. frees him up. Yeah. So it's really good from run. that perspective. Um, yeah, Clayton Oliver just was absolutely outstanding. But <laughs> he, He's almost at that Lockie Neal point though, 38 yeah. 36 touches, 28 handballs. <laughs> he needs to do a little bit stupid. more besides just handball. Oh, but uh, Hibbard. He's back. Well, is he back though? Two good weeks. Yeah, that's true. Uh, would you? I'm swinging him back onto my draft fields. Yeah, all right. Well, that's a different story. I'm so not bringing him in salary though. I was about to say, yeah. So he'd be about 550K in salary or 540K now that I think about it. That's cheap. That is very cheap. If he has one more good week, I'm bringing him straight into salary cap. 
There's no question. 542k. Oh, what a guess. Break even of 58. So playing Gold Coast this week. Oh, you could even you bring could, him in this you week. Could, yeah, if you, you could. If you, you back him. could. So he is going to be more expensive next week. But if you just want to give it one more week to double check, you want mm. to make sure with this. But if he can do this for a third week in a row, yep. love it. Lock and load. Yep. And no he issue. was reasonably consistent throughout the game as well. Because mm. I did watch most of this game. Um, and he was good first half. A little bit of a quiet third quarter, but good last quarter. He was getting the ball throughout the game. Yeah. Bailey Fritch is another one of those rookies who, again... Oh, God. Uh, he's just... A lot of people would have traded him out recently, especially with the... Uh, was it an injury or a... Um, he was dropped. He was dropped. That was the one. Uh, still owned by 30% of the comp, and he's just reset his break even absolutely by going 91. So yep. if you've got him, hold on to him. If you don't, bad luck. Uh, Charlie Spargo was a rookie. Great game from him again. 71. That's pretty consistent scoring after last week as well. So, you know, he's going to be making you money for a while. Christian Petrarca is the real disappointment, though, for me. Uh, 62 only. He's he's just not getting it done fantasy-wise. What kind mm. of call would you make on Petrarca for draft leagues? Because in salary cap, you just have to move him. That's a fact. <clears throat> Why well, own him in our redraft? Mm-hmm. Um, what are you doing with Christian Petrarca? Haven't decided yet. He's been a bit underwhelming. Um, bear in mind, he was coming back from almost having his, his finger bitten off by his dog. Oh, so. my God. That's such a weird story. <laughs> Just... And it was actually true, apparently, as well. So. Yeah, uh, or unlike certain AFL players. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not sure. It probably depends if there's better options on your waiver wire. Yeah. We play quite a deep league, so I haven't looked yet, but there may not be better options mm. for me to pick up. Yeah, it's really tough with Christian Petrarca. Uh, Seb Ross, 120. But I wouldn't hate the idea of moving him on if there is a better option because he's, he's just not quite consistent enough. He's yeah. probably going about 80, 82, 82 is his average. I yeah, think. his average is 82. So if you, can oh, find, you if you can find someone who will perform better than that... I think that's probably Christian Petrarca's average for the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree. So, that was his average last year. was around the low 80s. Yeah. Um, uh, on the Saints side of things, Seb Ross, consistent. Uh, and even though mm-hmm. we made the call a long time ago that maybe Seb Ross is someone you could bring into salary cap, just like Jared Lyons, he's proven that you can't really trust him. He's had a couple of poor weeks in there as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, this, this was a really good week from Ross, but just not quite consistent enough yet. Um, who else have we got there? Anyone else you can spot that you want to talk about apart from Billings? Because, God, we have a lot of Billings questions. Uh, we have questions. to keep talking about Billings? At some stage, we do have to talk about Billings tonight because okay. he is uh, pretty disappointing this year. We'll get to him later then. Yeah. Um, uh, Luke Dunstan, good game from him, draft player, and he's averaging plus 97 for the five games that he's played this year. Really consistent. Yeah, he's playing very well. Yeah. Um, Nick Kerfield, Nick averaging Cof- 62. Yeah. Break even at 51. Mm-hmm. He's not quite at the stage of moving him on. He's probably a week or two away unless he resets his break even against Frio this week. A 70 kind of saved him because he had that 20 or 29 or whatever it was last week. And I was really worried he was going to have a 40 or 50 and you just have to ship him off. But yeah. He's playing Frio. Frio had been giving up a lot of points. Yep. Um, so he might be able to get a good enough score to reset the break even a bit. I like it. Uh, Shane Savage has had a really poor few weeks. Uh, I think he's had one good score dotted in there, but there's been some really low scores in there as well at 65. I think he copped an injury in this game too. Oh, did he? I didn't see that. Or something. Okay, sure. I think that's all right then. Um, So yeah, it's it's tough with Shane Savage because he was looking at the start of the year like he was a must-have in salary cap. Yeah, and now he's just looking really shaky. Uh, ben Long is out for quite a while, I believe, with a, uh, a yes. fracture in his leg or his up, foot. Uh, metatarsal. Metatarsal, there we go. Yeah, so up to 10 weeks. Yeah, yeah fr- uh, which is uh, upsetting because he's, he's a promising young player, actually. I mean, I know mm. he's not averaging particularly well at the moment in fantasy, but keep your eye on him in the next couple of years for keeper leagues. something a bit different, a bit of pace and excitement. Yeah, so. which Absolute St. Kilda definitely don't have. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jack Billings, we'll leave that to the questions because I know we've got two or three that are directly related to him so i want to uh want to leave that and we shall move on to the last game of the round brisbane collingwood this was an epic game this was so (laughs) good to watch um i caught the last um a couple of quarters of this and it was just worth it because uh i mean dane zorko just turned it on but for the collingwood side yeah yeah, for just before we go on to brisbane the collingwood side of things i mean they're just such a good fantasy scoring team and they (laughs) They give up points as well. I mean, if you're a fantasy yeah. coach and you're not talking about which team you follow, you know, all those sorts of things, 
Collingwood uh, and teams that play Collingwood, they're the games that you want to watch. Yeah. Um, so Collingwood Magpies, we had Tommy Phillips, 114. Degoe, Grundy, side bottom, Josh Thomas, who's having a great year as well, Josh actually. Josh having a very good year. Um, he might have stolen um, Taylor Adams' mojo. Yeah, it's really Because they look very similar as well. They do, actually. <laughs> I think he's stolen his You have mojo. a thing about Collingwood players that look similar to each other. They do, though. You and Maynard and Crisp as well. It's just... Maynard you, and Crisp and Josh do, Thomas and Taylor Adams. Yep, yep. I think it's like, it's like Space Jam. They, like, stole their mojo. Oh, God. That's a terrible 90s movie reference. We're That's moving on. We're moving reference. on from that, mate. Uh, yeah, Joshy Thomas, good game from him. Sam Murray over 100 again. Trelaw just on 100, which is just enough, I'd say. Yeah. Um, Jaden Stevenson is going great guns after a couple of poor games at the start of the year. Mm. Um, hold him as long as you can because he's still got some money to make and he's already over 420K, which is terrific. Um, yeah, what, what else can you say? I mean, they've got a lot of great players in there. Scott Pendlebury went down with an injury. Hopefully, I mean... Yeah, I haven't heard anything on that one yet. Yeah, it's, that's troubling. Hopefully, he's not out for a great period of time. But he's actually not owned by too much of the salary cap leagues. He's only owned by 2.8. He's not exciting enough. He's more a draft guy. But he's been so bloody good this year. Take out this game. He was averaging 112 going into it. That's he's more just than... like He slips through people's minds because uh, he's not exciting anymore. And he's been around for so long, yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, Stevenson's break-even is 32. He's averaging 69, so he can stay. Mm. And I'd love to see what his past five average was as well because I swear he's averaged much more than the first. Mm, that's too difficult for me. Yeah, no, no, well, no. I'm not, you're, I'm not trying to get you to look up those stats, mate. Um, yeah, um, Taylor Adams we will mention quickly because he's just oh. looking ice cold at the moment. He, he looks well, like he can't get near it. was his first game back after an extend uh, three weeks off, I think it was. But, geez, 48 points, only 14 touches. You've got to get more from Adams. Yeah, not not good enough. So uh, No, I didn't see this game, so I don't know if it was role-based mm-hmm. or if he was just a bit rusty. I don't know if Buckley's transitioning that key midfield role to other guys and he's having to play like half-forward or something. I don't know what it is, but he's just... Even before he got injured, he wasn't scoring well. Yeah, he was playing pure midfield as well. He was. Which, yeah, so he was playing mostly in the midfield. It's just very strange what's going on with uh, with Taylor Adams. But let's brighten things up a little bit by going on to the Lions and talking about Dane Zorko because that is a massive comeback. Huge score. That is ridiculous. 176, highest score of the round by 25 points. Yeah, so 34 disposals, Oof. 7 marks. 10 tackles and just a lazy four goals. Oh, mate. It was so good. Just to remind everyone what he can do when he isn't being tagged. Now, the downside of this, of course, is Collingwood never tag, which is one reason we love watching Collingwood games as fantasy coaches. But because they didn't tag, Brisbane almost won and Dane Zorka almost single-handedly wrenched them the win. Other teams will notice that and other teams will every single week send a tag to Dane Zorka. And do you know who Brisbane play next week? Who's that? Bulldogs. So, uh, Wallace. Yeah, Wallace. Um, so Not the most renowned tagger going around. No, but he's doing do a job. role. So do the job. And it seems this and year like you only need a role player to take care of Zorka as well. And you reckon that Bulldogs might actually be a bit worried about losing this game as well. You would. They haven't been in good form, so they will bother to tag. So Dane Zorko, I know he's cheap. I know the temptation is there. But wait, you need to wait to see if he can string this together because it's yeah. not worth jumping on after one great week, even though his break-even is, you know, low. Uh, or I'd assume it's low, actually. I think his break-even was 142, so he's Give only just minutes. met it by like 30 points anyways. Give me a few minutes. Um, yeah, it's it's insane. But for me, yeah, you've just got to wait on Dane Zorko. Um, the next highest scorer, obviously, Steph Martin, I mean, he's, he's just getting it done every week and... Uh, the other one is Dane Beams. We've mentioned him a couple of times. And I think we might have a question about him. Yeah, we will uh, go on to that in the second half of the podcast. But he's he's done very well the past couple of weeks. He's just a bit of a risk there. Zorko's break-even is 58. Yeah. Oh, and he's so, only 576k. So he's just... It would be very tempting, but you'd have you to You need to leave it. and You need to wait and see. Yeah, it would be big, a big call to bring him in on that one game. Can't jump on that. Um, you had some pretty solid scores from the usual likes. Uh, Hodge, Rich, uh, Mitch Robinson. I'm pretty sure he gets about 93 to 97 every single week. He seems pretty solid around it's, that space. He'll get a score in the 90s every week, which is yeah. a consistency that you love, but his ceiling ain't great this yeah. year. Um, so, what are you? Taylor's going pretty good this year. He is, yeah, a draft league sort of guy, but he yeah. is a, a pretty good young player, actually. 
Um, Zach Bailey had a pretty solid game. Another Bailey watch to, uh, yes, to keep an eye out yes, for. 67. Keeper league guy. Keep an Very eye out for him. exciting player. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of keeper league guys, Hugh McCluggage, I've quite liked his slow but steady increase in uh, scores yeah. and rewarding um, a lot of people who might have drafted him early last year when he mm. uh, when he was drafted because uh, he would have been in a lot of uh, been very leagues frustrating last year for yeah very high of the year and he would have frustrated a lot of coaches um, yeah Oscar McInerney 61 solid enough he's still got some money to make so just leave him on your ruck bench you know you're not doing anything with him anyway it doesn't really matter <laughs> um, and yeah Matt Eagles is the other one that I quickly wanted to touch on so 170k uh, but he is a key defender. I mean, he was always going to score pretty low. He's had a solid game, and he'll keep his spot, but don't pick him. He's not going to... And he, he's not a natural ball winner either. Exactly. So, yeah, he's not going to get you a lot. Yeah, and that's the uh, games for the round. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that helps you out there. And what we're going to do is we're going to split the podcast in two now. We'll come back and answer some of your questions off Twitter and, of course, play our weekly round of Risk It for the Biscuit. So we'll catch you shortly. <laughs> 